Welcome to the Inquisitive Tourist. My name is Nate Ralph and thank you for joining me. Have you ever wanted to be able to travel more and free yourself from the nine to five? Well, what's holding you back? Do you need more ideas for different sources of income? My guest today has managed to do just that. He's 28 years old, working in digital marketing and business consultancy, and also dabbles in part-time investing. His name is Zelio Frady, spending much of his time in USA, but currently based in Fortaleza on the northeastern coast of Brazil. Zelio, welcome to the show. Hey, Nate. It's uh, great to be here. Great to be on the show. Thank you for the privilege of having me over. I'm excited about uh, what we're going to talk about and uh, I'm excited to be here. It's great to speak with you again. And uh, and um, it's a privilege here to be on the show. Awesome. Well, it's an absolute privilege as well. And I just hope that uh, our internet connection holds up because uh, <laughs> I remember you talking a little bit about how the weather can be in Fortaleza and... Uh, <laughs> I could just hear a nice motorbike passing there. That sounds pretty cool. But um, Zelio, tell us a little bit about yourself. I know we met in Los Angeles in 2019, but could you tell us a little bit more about your background, uh, you know, where you were born and raised and your various jobs that you've had up until now? Yes, for sure, Nate. Yeah, I don't, didn't realize the microphone is that effective, right? It, this was really distant, <laughs> but it did pick up the motorbike. It did indeed. Uh, Yes, but uh, yeah, Nate, I was born in Brazil, Fortaleza, where I'm currently right now, but a little bit about my background. I moved with my family when I was six years old to the United States, and we originally moved to Orlando, Florida, and then we moved to Tampa, Florida. So my life, I grew up between, you know, ever since I was six years old, between moving, living a few years in Florida, United States, and then in Fortaleza, Brazil. Uh, So it's been interesting it's been interesting going growing up in two cultures awesome yeah no it sounds like uh, you've had quite a an interesting upbringing there you know and like you said it's nice to have those two cultures because it can often round you out as a person and you can you can pick you know the ideas or the best from both so to speak and amalgamate them and and become a, a better person for it but um i'd like to, to to kick off really by asking you you mentioned that you were from fortaleza I'm quite curious to know what the average work-life balance is for, you know, the regular person who happens to be born in Fortaleza. What, what's that like? Yeah, it's it's very interesting. Fortaleza is a great city. It's close to the equator. So, I mean, the weather here, some would say it's perfect because it's summertime all year. Uh, we get, you know, mid-20s to low-30s uh, Celsius all year long. So um, a very interesting in terms of tourism. You know, since it's always high season, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, many people from parts of Brazil and parts of the world, you know, when it's cold and they're looking for a beach destination, this is a beach destination. Uh, so they come here. So a lot of focus in, in tourism, a lot of focus and um, shipping and logistics, since we're the, clo- we're the closest city to closest main city to Europe, actually. Uh, in Brazil, and we're very close also to United States, you know, to Florida in terms of geography. So uh, a lot of people love living here in Fortaleza because of the great weather, because of the beach, you know, so they, they work. And then on the weekends, they, you know, go to the beach. They take, it's good to travel. Like I said, you know, it's a good geographical area where you can easily go to different continents. Not so much right now because of the pandemic, but normally, yes, a lot of people really do enjoy living in the city. Sounds uh, absolutely beautiful. I remember as well, because you said that Fortaleza is, is the nearest major city to Europe. And I know that myself because I've, I've gone to Brazil a few times. And every time I'm looking on the flight map, it seems that the plane, because obviously it flies in an arc. And, and the first uh, place where it meets the Brazilian coast pretty much is Fortaleza or, or thereabouts, you know, very maybe within 50 miles or so. Um, so that's pretty cool that you can claim that, you know, you're the closest major city to, to, to Europe. But I mean, would you say that there are some, you know, going back to the opportunities that people have, are there excellent job opportunities for, for you guys there? Or, or, you know, would someone really have to go to Sao Paulo for more serious opportunities? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so for those who don't know, Fortaleza is the fifth biggest city in Brazil, but it does have, Brazil is a country with over 200 million people in population. So it's a pretty big country. 
It's one of the biggest economies in the world. So Fortaleza is the fifth biggest with over two and a half million people. So there are great job opportunities, but Sao Paulo is one of the biggest cities in the world with over 20 million people, mm. right? So so if definitely you're looking to, it's like, you know, London, it's like a New York, it's a Tokyo, right? Um, so if you're looking, you know, for the best of the best, obviously a lot of people are, are going, moving to Sao Paulo, right? If you're looking to work at the best bank, if you're in finance, if you're, uh, you want to be a chef and you're looking at the best restaurant in Brazil, that's going to be in Sao Paulo. Like, I guess with any countries, right? You're, you're looking at the biggest cities, but that doesn't mean that Fortaleza is not a great city, right? Like I said, tourism, the, one of the biggest water parks in the world is actually here in Fortaleza. Oh, awesome. Like, so yeah, one of the biggest, in, in, I think it's like the second or third in South America and one of the biggest in the world. What so, is the name of that, of, Zedio? Yeah, that is called Beach Park. It's in English, so pretty easy. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> so it does, yeah, it used to have the highest water slide when it, when it was inaugurated, but uh, I think now um, there isn't, there's been new ones. But yeah, like I said, it's very interesting. The World Championship of Kite Surf is here, well, in a city called Kumbuku, which is about 20 kilometers from here. Sounds amazing. Uh, 30 minutes. 30 minutes ride. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of water sports. If, if you're a fan of beach destinations, if you're a fan of, of water sports, or if you like a warmer weather, this is definitely a city that you wanted to live and work, you know, even differently from Sao Paulo, because Sao Paulo is very similar to a New York or a London where it has a little colder weather. Um, you know, a lot of buildings, a lot of, you know, pollution, I would say, and infra- great infrastructure, but not so much of that beach if you're I, looking for more of that style. I understand. Yeah, so it sounds like uh, you know whatever is is lacking in in financial opportunities there or, or job opportunities, even if it's a little bit compared to Sao Paulo, at least it makes up for it. By, you know, with that water sort of slash beach lifestyle, which is amazing, really. But um, would you say that most people from Fortaleza um, manage to travel themselves? You know, whether that's within Brazil or abroad, you know, maybe once or twice a year. And could, if I could ask you, when you grew up in Fortaleza. Before you relocated to the U.S., did you manage to do that yourself? Yes. Um, a lot of people, like I said, because of uh, its great geographical location, a lot of people travel because it's a it's a seven-hour flight uh, for, for you to get to Miami. Uh, I believe it's a six-and-a-half-hour six flight for you to get to Portugal. So, And some destinations in Brazil are seven or eight hours. So a lot of people actually here in Fortaleza travel internationally more than they travel domestically. Mm-hmm. That's funny. But, and, it, and it's interesting, right? Um, uh, so, so, yes, it's, it's part of their culture here. A lot of people travel a lot. And, and because this is a main city, and if you want to get out of the main city, there's a lot of great beach towns here still in our state that's a two three hour drive and people do that you know people do that a lot here it's part of their they have beach houses close or they get a resort they get a hotel when only a two three hour drive so they do both they do the international travel and they do the very close domestic travel for like the weekend getaway the famous weekend getaway people i've grew up with that everybody here has that mentality also with those weekend getaways and obviously the one or twice a year for a bigger trip um so that that's that's part of our culture here mm, that's very insightful uh, information as well now when it came to your relocation uh i believe you spent 10 years based in florida um three major cities tampa orlando and then miami so when you spent those t- 10 years there that's quite a lot of time to sort of sample the the lifestyle there to taste it you know how it is there how would you say it compares to Fortaleza in terms of the opportunity that they hold for young people? Yeah, it's it's interesting. So Orlando is a very international city, right? It's world famous for, you know, entertainment, right? The parks, Disney and Universal and all of that. So I lived in Orlando first time I moved when I was six years old. So I was still a child. But later I moved to Tampa uh, and then uh, ultimately to Miami because of a job opportunity when I was already an adult. So Miami, it's definitely a bigger hub. It's an international city like Orlando, but that has very different focus. It's a similar lifestyle than what I would say here to to Fortaleza or to Rio de Janeiro because of the beach. So it's a city that has everything, right? It has great job opportunities. 
um, but it also has a great work-life balance of those who want a more quality of life. Tampa is the same. It's 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 and it's a city that's growing exponentially. One of the cities that are growing the most in the U.S. because of a cheaper quality of life mm. and and um, a cheap you know a cheaper quality of, a cheaper. Uh, uh, price, right? In terms of real estate and terms of that, and also great job opportunities. Mm. So you you great you have that great um, work life balance as well. Uh, and so a lot of the Florida cities, because obviously the geographic location are, and many people from northern states in the U.S. and also from Canada, they want to move from the code, so they're relocating to southern states and, and southern cities. So Florida is getting a lot of hype. <laughs> especially with the pandemic and all of the work from home, right? The Zoom calls and the work from home, people are seeing that they don't need to pay uh, great <laughs> uh, real estate prices in cities like New York, Toronto, Chicago. And that's very cold. And sometimes you don't have that great work life balance or you don't have that great quality of life that you desire. If that's what you want, something mm-hmm. a little warmer weather. So they're moving to Southern states They're moving to California, Los Angeles, but it's expensive. So they're moving to Florida and Texas, which are cheaper. So it does compare with, uh, with Fortaleza. Fortaleza, I would say it's the same, you know, people who, who want to leave Sao Paulo, which is the biggest city. It's also very expensive. They want to leave Sao Paulo. They want to, still have you know they want to have that beach lifestyle but they still want to be in a big city a major hub that's close to other countries they do move to Fortaleza so you there's definitely a comparison there's definitely similarities and both uh Miami I would say and Fortaleza hmm. that's a really comprehensive answer it's quite paradoxical actually, uh, actually because you said about you know Tampa I've been to Tampa myself and I love it there but you were saying how a lot of these people from you know Toronto and Chicago the cold, very cold cities are moving or relocating, especially due to COVID. It's accelerated that they're coming down to Florida to the warmth, spending time in Tampa. And you you said that the the house prices are very good there, um, but it, it would be interesting to see over the next sort of few months and years if this sort of heightened up uh, or this hype demand for it, so to speak, will you know eventually filter through and and increase the prices in in places like Tampa. Um, but I, I guess we we're, we're yet to to see that. I mean, I don't know if you have an opinion on that yourself. I do, I do, and I've been following closely, uh, doing seeing some research. It already has started, Nate. Um, prices have already grown. Oh, they have. Um, okay, they they have since two years ago. We uh, we used to have a house in, in Tampa. Uh, we actually sold it, um, but we're we're looking at similar prices in the house range that we had. And yes, it's been a great increase, you know. But all of the real estate and and the United States has increased in the pandemic which a lot of industries, especially the travel industry, right? The entertainment industry suffered uh, greatly in the Mm. pandemic, but real estate uh, unexpectedly (laughs) has actually been very good. Uh, Homeowners have, have bought houses and that bought houses in 2019, 2018 have seen their real estate price, you know, their, their wealth grow because of Mm. their real estate has grown. So, and definitely Florida is getting a lot of attention because of that. There's a lot of newcomers moving from these colder States. Mm. Mm. It's, it's still significantly cheaper. It's one of the cheapest States for you to live because tax wise and real estate prices, but it is growing. So maybe here in, in three, four years, it might not be some of the cheapest. Yeah. It's going to, it's going to be interesting. And, And maybe, you know, conversely, um, Chicago, Toronto could end up dropping in in, in real estate prices. So it's, it's going to be a very interesting five years for sure uh, to see how you know that 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 wave is is gonna is gonna change and develop. Um, now, going on to sort of what you specialize in, in in some ways, or you've had great experience in, and, and that's why I've, I've I've got you on the podcast to share your um, amazing experiences and knowledge with uh, the audience. Many express the desire to travel more. But they just feel trapped by, you know, financial commitments. We've all got them. And and often the grind of the nine to five. Now, Zelio, what advice do you have for people like that? And how did you yourself uh, find the way to, to that freedom? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And that I have gotten that question for years now. <laughs> Several different people that see my social media and ask, how, how do I do this? <laughs> How's it possible? <laughs> <laughs> yes. How is it possible? Do I come from like a rich family? And I'm like, no, this is all the money that, you know, regular job is just mm. the work life, the famous work life balance. Exactly. right? And, and, yeah. and not work harder, but work smarter and mm. choose options, have multiple type, um, type of incomes. Mm. And, 
and that's and and that's it. My my advice to those people are, and I've been given that same advice, right? Because they keep asking, "Hey, how do you do this? How do you do this?" Um, is is our life is about priorities, right? And and choose your priorities. So, if your desire is to travel, right? If your desire is to explore, if your desire is to you know keep changing, keep innovating, leave your routine, leave your nine to five then put it as a priority. Life is never going to be perfect that this is the exact moment, right? Mm. So so a change that big requires some sort of sacrifice, right? So it's priority. People are like, oh, I want a house. I want the newest car. I want the newest. There's cost involved in that. So it's like, are you willing to get that? Is that going to be a priority? Or are you willing to simplify your life a little bit, you know, not get the newest car, the newest gadgets, mm. the biggest house, so you can put a priority into traveling, right? You can put a priority into, you know, enjoying life, exploring, doing other things. So that's definitely my advice is prioritize your life, right? Um, I believe we can learn so much from ourselves when we explore more. And this is speaking more of in terms of self-improvement and emotional intelligence. But once, once we understand ourselves better and i believe traveling when you go to a different culture and you leave your comfort zone is one of the best ways you can explore yourself better you can understand yourself better and you prioritize your life and then you can see what you can do to change even though you are in a nine to five but what you can do to change and make your life better or if your wish is to leave the nine to five and you know and and do a career change or stay in the same career, but a priority change in your life. You know, you have to analyze yourself. You have to set priorities and make that happen. Put it mm -hmm. in a goal, set it up, set that goal, set a, you know, a priority, a date line so you can achieve that goal. You know? Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more uh, when you explained how much we can grow as people by traveling. Uh, there's just no question about it. You know, some, some of the, the most amazing trips I've had some of them, you know, even just three, four weeks and you come back almost a, a different person. But I really like the way that you explained, you know, how it really comes down to prioritizing. And it actually reminded me of uh, a principle that you find in, in economics called opportunity cost, whereby, you know, the, the, the real cost of something is not $20 or 20 pounds or 100 hayes. You know, it's, it's what you then are sacrificing as a result of getting that, you know, because that 100 hayas could have been spent on or toward your trip. You know, so really that is the real cost. And and the cost in any acquisition is also the time that it takes from you to then maintain it. Like you said, the if you want the fast car and the house, okay, you might be able to have them, but then you have to service them, you have to be there for them, you have to repair them. It takes time and you might have the actual money, but it might ultimately, you know, um, remove that opportunity for more travel from you. So I really love the way you explain that, how it ultimately comes down to, to someone's, uh, you know, priorities. Now, you lived in Florida for over 10 years uh, and then California for almost two. Now, what did you have to do in order to prepare for that move? Because that, that is a humongous undertaking. So we're not even talking about traveling here. We're literally talking about relocating. Um, could you speak us through that, you know, bit by bit, how, how you achieve those things? Yes, uh, that's that's another feat that um, people always ask me because I I actually moved twenty eight times in my life, so my twenty eight, <laughs> yes. Wow. But wow. Ma many of those were just homes within the same cities, right? Ah, but okay. it's still a move, it's a change. Yeah. But actually, thirteen times internationally. I also I also lived in Portugal, right, for for a few months. So and and that's exactly what people do ask, right? Um, how do you do it? Um, so. And I, the, the first times were with my family while I was growing up, as I explained it, um, we, we kind of moved between U.S. and Brazil. We moved to Orlando and then we moved to Tampa. But later I moved by myself, you know, after I finished uh, school, after I finished university, got my degree. I moved completely by myself to a new country, you know, not having anybody <laughs> that could support me in terms of not financially, but, you know, just a family that you have some type of support, somebody to kind of. Uh, lean on, you mm -hmm. know, if you need mm -hmm. any help emotionally, you know, especially in those initial months that can be hard of course, uh, living yeah. alone. But, and, and everybody asked me, how do you do that? How do you do that? But it's, it's going back to what I said, you know, if, if you have a goal and if you have a desire to do something, don't create excuses mm. to not do it because there's going to be more excuses, right? There's all, you can always find things because life is not perfect. There's always going right. to be, you know, some obstacles in your way. So it's, it, 
you know, just see whatever your goal is, you know, whatever you want to do in life and see what you have to do to get towards that goal. So, yes, I, I moved uh, 13 times. Many of those times were, you know, I moved to Tampa then by myself. Then I moved because of a job opportunity. I moved to Miami. Then I moved to Portugal. I wanted to live in Europe for a few months. I had I had contacts in Portugal that at least helped, right? I didn't have a family, but some contacts is, is good because at least helps you, you know, as, when you get in the country. Then I moved to California because it was always a dream of mine to move to California. So it wasn't certain, you know, like I didn't know how much I was going to make in these places. I didn't know where I was going to live. You, you don't before you have that goal, right? But once you say, I want to I do this, you know, I want to live in Europe. I want to live in California. I want to mm-hmm. live in Miami. And then you start to work out your priorities. You start to change your life toward, so you can do that. So that's that's my message here is first focus on the goal and says I'm and, and think to yourself, I'm going to achieve that. Then you see what you need to do to achieve that. Because a lot of people are saying, uh, you know, oh, what, how can I achieve that? Right. So they're looking at ways of first how they can get their goal. First, put your goal in mind. And then when you're already set on the goal then look on how you can do it because mm. there's always going to be obstacles. It's, mm. ne- it's never going to work out perfect. No, no, that's excellent and very well-balanced advice. I like that. So Zilio, I mean, would you say that being based in the US, you know, after that move of yours to Tampa and then onto California, or it was, I think, Orlando and Miami uh, beforehand and then California, would you say that that being based in the US you know, helped introduce you to contacts that you needed who could then lead you to other ideas of, of how to source income? Yes, uh, it definitely helped, but um, I believe that's that's an interest that a person has personally, right? So I've been kind of looking at different source of, of income and not having to depend on a job since 2013. So I, d- I did my bachelor's degree in Brazil, and then I went to pursue my master's degree in the United States. And because I was all, I was still thinking the old way, right? Oh, I need a good degree to have a good job to get good money so I can, you know, Mm -hmm. travel and have a good life. Mm -hmm. But then you start, you know, meeting people, you start researching. And I believe we're living in a perfect era, especially, you know, the younger generation who are still getting into that life, you know, in terms of what do they want to do career-wise with their life. We're living in a technology area that you can achieve anything, right? Elon Musk, the CEO of Tesla, even said, he does, he says, we don't need universities, right? And and you see all the the new billionaires, right? The richest people in the world, they didn't finish university, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Jeff Bezos, right? Bill Gates, Elon Musk, Mm -hmm. because they had an idea. So they believed their goal was higher than what you know, society would tell them, no, finish, you know, build your house, build your family, right? Finish your degree, study, 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 work hard for a boss. Mm-hmm. So if that if that's your wish, then do exactly that, right? But if you're if you don't wish that, that's what I'm saying. If you're if your goal, if your priority, if your dream is something else, you know, work towards your dream. And don't think about, oh, but it's so hard to know. Just do what work towards your dream and then see what you need to change besides that. So in 2013, I started looking into words, you know, investing stock investments. So I was trying to find multiple ways to, to, you know, diversify and increase my income. So I'm not depending on one thing alone, one source of income alone, right? That saying is don't put right all your eggs in the Uh same basket. (laughs) So, so basically since, since 2013, I've been trying, you know, multiple ways of diversifying my income. So that way I'm not dependent on one thing so I can achieve my goal. Right. Yeah. No, that's, that's really, really comprehensive information again. And I actually fully agree with you. I, I myself, I, I did a degree in mathematics and sort of did a little bit of theoretical physics within that as well. And it is true that a lot of my sort of old uh, cohort that they are sort of earning very good money. Some of them um, maybe in hedge funds or investment banking or, you know, programming so many things that you can go into but i would say in general terms the only um reason to 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 go and get a degree is is for the love of academia like if you love your subject be that mathematics or theoretical physics or history or whatever it is that you're studying that's fine but don't necessarily go to university to become a you know a millionaire or to earn loads of money because as you said quite rightly you know, you can just have one idea, especially in this in this era of technology, and you can earn huge money, you know, much more on average than maybe university graduates. 
So I, I fully agree. I, 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 I came to realize that myself. And yeah, you know, whilst it is true that, you know, with certain degrees, they can lead to very solid income. You know, these, uh, <laughs> these entrepreneurs of, to, of, of today, our era, very often, like you said, they've just had a, a bright spark of an idea and, and they've run with it and, and look where it's got them. But um, you mentioned uh, 2013 being uh, a year where you looked into different streams of income. Now, passive income is it's a, it's a bit of a buzzword. It's become to so many people because it sounds scary, but it's also what people love the sound of. But they've just got no idea how to implement it. So if a person is listening to this podcast and they desire to build that passive income, but maybe they don't have a heap of capital to start off with, um, do you have any recommendations of, of how they could ease themselves into it, just like you did? Yes, for sure. Um, I, I I believe the definition, and a lot of people are say, could say, you know, what is passive income? You know, how can I earn it? And I would say that passive income is not when you work towards money, but money work towards you, right? Mm. So you definitely, and, and it's a dream, to, I guess, to everybody, but you have to work towards at least achieving that, right? Um, you have to do some changes in your life so you can have money work towards you. So you're not dependent on one thing. And, and if you don't do that certain job or that certain work, money doesn't come, but money works towards you. So um, yes, in 2013, I started investing in, in stocks, but I was still very young and new. In terms of that, I started investing in, in penny stocks and and like I said, my my budget was limited. I was still going to school, right? My main focus was was finishing my master's degree, so my my budget was very limited back in the day. So I started, but I didn't kept going in towards that. But right. 2017, uh, after I had already finished school, I was on a full time job, but I had the same thoughts, right? Um, oh, why why am I you know giving so much energy towards you know this one job, mm. and then you know if things can happen. You know, the only certainty in life is change. So things can change. You can lose a job. Things can happen. So it's it's good for you to diversify your income, diversify your portfolio so you can achieve, achieve your dreams and goals, right? So, so in 2017 is where I started looking again towards stocks and I've been doing it since. And I started looking at what's new, right? Because like I said, the, we're living in an era of technology and era of information, meaning whatever a CEO of a company, you know, a billionaire has the information, a kid in an underdeveloped country can have the same information <laughs> if he has, right. you know, access to the internet. Yeah, yeah, so, and, and that's what we see. We, we look at YouTubes. There's these like famous YouTubers, right? These, these, there's a child who's like a millionaire who has over a hundred million followers, you know, and he's not doing anything special, but you know, it's just the access, right? The access that we have to it's information. Crazy, isn't it? So yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. So we're living in a perfect area for entrepreneurs, right? We're living in a perfect era for you don't need to depend on anybody to make money. Yeah. You only need to depend on yourself, right? Find something that's in your interest. Find something that you like to do. Find a skill that you have. Find something that you like to advocate and, and work towards that so that can generate money. So that's that's the whole idea of passive income, right? Don't work for it. Let money work for you, right? So find something that you love. It's not like you're doing any work, something that you love. And make sure that you can monetize that, right? Exactly. So that way, whatever you're doing already regularly, it's making money for you. So you can make money while you sleep, right? Yeah. That's the ultimate goal. Absolutely. So I, yeah. So I looked in 2017, something very interesting, a new technology. And I believe, you know, it, it's, it's a future. It's our future. It's the future of mankind, I believe, is um, started with crypto, but the whole idea of decentralization, right? Mm. Where Right now, it started with people having power, right? That's the whole idea of decentralization. Instead of having your money on a bank that has a power, you're in control. And not just a, not just financial, but in all types, right? If you're looking in the future of internet, the future of technology is decentralization. That's the idea behind crypto. So I started to have, investing in cryptocurrency in 2017, as well as stocks and as well as other sources of income. So, so my message is, you know, whatever your interest is, oh no, I want to travel or I like to cook, you know, oh, I, I teach language. I know this language. So find that focus, find that skill or that interest that you have and work around a way that you can monetize that. Mm. So you can, so you can receive passive income in terms of what you desire, what your skill is, what your dream is. Yeah. So you can achieve your goals. No, that's, that's 
again, awesome information there for for everyone listening. And it, it's it's interesting as well. This is going off a, a little bit off off topic, but you were talking about the decentralization. And one thing I'm fascinated in with regard to cryptocurrencies is, you know, are, are the governments of this world going to like it? Because at the moment they can obviously. I mean, you mentioned earlier on in the podcast about you know the state tax in Florida being a little bit less than in you know elsewhere in the US. And obviously with crypto, like Bitcoin, for example, it's hard to know how the government are going to kind of get their hands on it to take their 5% or their 10 or 15%. So with that decentralization is going to come quite a, a wave of change for the world, which, as you said, we're, we're, we're on that um, we're on that wave now. And it's going to be very interesting to see how that pans out over the next sort of five, 10 years. So, yeah, it's tumultuous times, man. It really is. Now, Zedio, you mentioned uh, to me that you're, in digital marketing just quickly was that your because you said about your degree was that your degree in digital marketing yes yes so my bachelor's degree was in marketing and my master's degree was in uh business administration Ah, so but but um working my whole life has been in terms of the marketing field right working in different companies but i've been you know a marketing manager a media uh, marketing consultant, and and now I work as a freelance uh, marketing and business consultant. Okay, no, that's that's awesome. So, I mean, out of the digital marketing slash business consultancy, they're obviously distinct things, but with quite a crossover as well. So, w- which one of the two are you doing more? Yeah, I would say now I there. They're both very connected because what I do is I help small business owners, you know, or small businesses to achieve their goals, right? Uh, achieve their goals in terms of marketing, in terms of business. Even though a lot of I will do the marketing more often, but I always connect the business because the marketing is in aspects of the business, and my goal is to make people successful, right? So I want to ha- I want to help the business owner, the, per- the my clients who are reaching out to me. I want to help them obviously become more profitable. So, you know, you have to analyze the whole structure of the business, not just the marketing aspect, but the sales, the finances aspect. So what, what I do in my consultancy phase is, is that I help them marketing, you know, I do their advertising. Um, I started doing a lot of traditional marketing when I started my career, you know, TV, radio, print. But like I said, you if you don't keep up with the world, if you don't keep up with what the future, I'm, I'm a true advocate of the future, right? Mm. So I believe if anything, what the future holds, right? And technology is the future. So my career has shifted because times have shifted, right? I started focusing a lot on traditional marketing, mm. but now I've been more focused a lot more in digital marketing, right? Mm. So most of my clients are out now specify only in digital marketing, you know, Google, Facebook, social media marketing, all of that. I focus a lot and help their business as well. Awesome. So, I mean, in terms of that digital marketing, if a company comes up to you, let's just say they're, I don't know, medium-sized company, they've got two or 300 employees perhaps, um, or it could even be a a small company, two or three people working or even a self-employed person, and they want your help to market them, for example, on on Facebook, Instagram, or other uh, online medias. Could you just speak us through a little bit about how you go about sort of ascertaining their needs because obviously their need you know the, the need of a self-employed guy might be very different to the needs of a company of three or four hundred people yes <laughs> yeah that's a great question and and having expertise working on like in big companies because when i when i was a full-time employee at a big company right it's it's very different than than working with a small and medium size company because like i said uh most of my clients are small and medium sizes because a big company usually pays a whole team, right? They pay an advertising agency. They pay, you know, a marketing agency. So those costs are higher. Basically, I'm a, I'm a one-man shop in terms of that, right? I do the advertising, the marketing, the business consultancy for companies who are, don't have that higher budget, right? And, and they need the all-in-one type of shop. So, yes, I've I, Part of the consultancy phase is definitely analyze the company, right? Mm. What are they What are they doing right now, right? Analyze their finances, you know, analyze their sales, analyze their products, analyze their marketing. If they're having any, well, usually the companies are, you know, advertising in any type of way. So basically I analyze it. I see what could be improved, what we don't need, you know, and then I set up a strategy, right? It's all in, about setting up a strategic strategy for your business. Right. So you can improve and whatever it is, right. Whatever your business is, whatever industry you are in, 
um, I analyze the business in terms of a business perspective, right? A business professional perspective. And then I help them towards uh, improvement. I help them towards achieving more revenue, more profit, you know, more clients uh, generating higher income, you know, increasing their marketing. So that could be improved. Mm. So it's kind of an all-in-one shop. Yeah. And this digital marketing uh, and business consultancy that you do, can it be done 100% remotely? Yes. Wow. <laughs> yes, it can. Now, awesome. the, the cut. Co- the context that you acquire, you know, you still need to to have some type of networking in terms of contacts. So it's good to have, you know, be on a location that you have business, you have meetings with with people, uh, so where you can acquire, right? You you can expand. You go to these social meetings and you expand your network. But now times have changed, right? Because of the pandemic, and people are required to work remotely in many many different jobs. Um, meetings, uh, you know, um, social networking, everything is doing is being shifted again towards more digitally. So it's it's fully it's fully possible for you to start a business and expand your business totally digital. It's it's important for you to have some type of networking with your customer, you know, like not even a face to face, but at least a communication in terms of like a Zoom call in terms of regular communication. So you can build relationships, right? Mm. Not just a digital email all done through a platform. It's it's interesting for you to build relationships as well. Mm. But but it, you can. Not, there's multiple platforms already online, multiple websites that their true goal is just finding business professionals and finding companies and connecting them all done through online. These are people from different countries. Mm. They're all paid through the app. It's kind of like a, a eBay, you know, it's a buy and sell product, but you're buying and selling business professionals, right? And so so you're actually hiring people all done online. And that's some of the platforms that I work in. That is amazing. Literally like almost like getting a contractor based anywhere in the world where you're not limited to just getting one from your own city or something. That's that's really awesome. But what I find is interesting with this, we've spoken about obviously our mutual love of traveling, which is, is quite obvious. You know, we want to escape this nine to five, uh, build a passive income and, and so on and so forth. Now, some of the audience might be listening to this thinking, well, I don't have the skill of business consultancy or digital marketing like Zelio does. And he's able to use that, to, you know, to be able to work from anywhere he wants in the world and, and travel at the same time. I can't do that. Now, you mentioned part-time investing, you know, in 2013, and then you, you got into the crypto as well as the stocks. When it comes to, to these things, would you recommend that to sort of the regular person who who is hoping to escape the nine to five? They don't have a specific skill at the moment like you do in uh, digital marketing, but they, they're, they're really, really hopeful to grow that passive income. Would you recommend that, uh, Zilio? Yes, I would recommend that towards anyone, right? Like I said, don't don't put all your eggs in one basket, that famous saying, right? Um, so divert, diversify your income, diversify your per- portfolio is one of the best, best things you can do mm. um, so you can achieve your goals, right? So you don't, you're not dependent on one thing. And that's what happened to me. This is personal experience. You know, I used to work full-time for a big company. Uh, and I wasn't achieving my goals, right? Like we talked about, I'm, I I love traveling. I'm a big travel advocate. On my social media, you'll see it's very focused towards traveling and, and photos about traveling and exploring. Mm. So, and and that's what I found I was lacking on my regular nine to five job. You know, I, I was, yes, I was making money, but it wasn't my goal. It wasn't my dream. So I thought about how, what can I shift in my life? What can I change in my life that it can live the life I want, you know? and achieve my dreams and travel the world and live in different parts of the world, not being dependent on that two weeks, three weeks vacation that you get from a job. It's not enough, is it? It's not, it's not. So yeah, like when I was living in California, I was taking one vacation per month, you know? So in 12, 12 months, uh, I took, I I traveled 12 times, right? That's insane. (laughs) That's awesome. So it's like, you're you're not dependent on anyone, right? You're making your own income. So um, yes, my, my, my specialization is digital marketing and business, but whatever, whatever specialization you are in, whatever career you are in, uh, investing is a great way that you can diversify your portfolio, that you can make an income from something else and not just be dependent on your job. Mm. And I would say the first thing you can start is to learn, right? Learn about investing, learn about stocks. And like I said, technology has, has 
shifted so much and everybody has access to information. So we're no longer blocked like we were 30, 40 years ago, you know, before we watched these billionaires, Warren Buffett and other billionaires, these guys were in New York, were trading the stock market. They knew, you know, what, what was going on. So, but now everything is online. So from anywhere in the world, you have access brokers that before used to charge, you know, 15, 20, $50 for a trade, right? You would have to call them physically on a phone. Mm. Now you do all in your online. It's free. You know, a lot of these brokers have no commission. So it's like all dependent on you so you can grow your capital. So definitely study in terms about investing, stock investing, uh, or other types of investments, you know, uh, see what type of investor you are. If you're if you're willing to take more risks, which means higher rewards, or you want more security, so you're more of a conservative re- um, investor. So that means you know you're you're not taking as many risks. Your reward won't be as high, but at least it will be in steady income over time. And that's just one of. The- Oh, sorry. Yeah. And I was just going to say, that's just one of the ways, right? Investing, you know, in crypto or in stocks. But like I said, you know, there's, there's a child and, and, and YouTube that he's like one of the biggest YouTube channels that he's, he's making over 20 million, 30 million US dollars. <laughs> it's a just year ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> for just, it's ridiculous for just opening up presents and, and doing other things. Oh, I've heard about voice. it, boy. Yeah. I've heard about it. <laughs> So it's, it's, but you know, it's something, it's his interest, right? It doesn't have to be a certain skills, but like, you know, there's so many sources of income. Stock is one, but like, you know, pick a passion that you have, create a YouTube channel, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, create, create your Instagram. If you like social media and, you know, if you like photos and editings and you can have that, you know, Instagram, TikTok, right? If it's in social media, there's so many people who are, you know, made their income, they, they left their nine to five job. You know, since I like traveling, I, I follow some of these travelers in social media. And yeah, they're earning over six figures a year just traveling, you know. Yeah, now that, they that, that is for ridiculous, free. isn't it? <laughs> Getting paid it's, for, it's, for traveling. It's crazy. And these people, like they they explain their history. There weren't anybody who had a specific skill. Some of them didn't go to school. Some of them were like a plumber that, that I heard their history and they're like, mm. and their, their life changed just because they had a goal. They didn't think about, oh, I'm going to leave my job nine to five, which is secured uh, towards this that I don't know if it's going to work. But if you have a goal, if you have a dream, go pursue your dream and then find a ways, you know, then try to work the obstacles of of what's in the way for you to pursue your dream. But don't think about it. Oh, no, let me first fix so I can fix my life so I can pursue my dream. No, pursue your dream and then later find the obstacles or, or, you know, find the challenges and overcome those challenges so you can achieve your dream. Exactly. So yeah, whatever, whatever your interest is, is, you know, see how you can monetize, see how you can make money off your dreams, off your goals, off your interests, off your skills. Yeah. I, I really like that as well. Cause I, w- I was going to ask you a few minutes ago, but you, you, you ended up summarizing it perfectly because someone listening might think, well, you know, again, I don't have a remote skill like Zedio in this case of digital marketing and so forth. I can't work remotely. And on top of that, I'm scared to, to, to invest in stocks or crypto. But you've gone on to say how, hey, guys, think about what you love. It, it could be, you know, maybe you can draw. Maybe you're an artist. You could sell, sell things. You could sell digital art. You could maybe make music and sell that digitally. You could, there's so many things you could do. You could get into videography. Um, I've got quite a few people coming onto the podcast at some point who who are who are doing just that, and obviously they can travel yes. around doing videography, which is which is amazing. Um, I know because you've you've got into a bit of drone stuff yourself, haven't you? As well. Yes, yes, I have definitely photography, videography, you know, things that I'm interested in, and drone um, shooting, drone flying is yeah. also some of the interests of my. Yeah, no, that's amazing. So, Zelia, I've got a final question for you. You're a big advocate of gaining emotional intelligence because you mentioned that earlier on in the podcast. You're a big advocate of gaining that intelligence and personal growth through traveling. So could you speak us through what you mean by that? Yes, for sure. Um, yes, I, I. ever since I learned about emotional intelligence, and that's what changed many things in my life, right? Because before it's you, you grow up with kind of like what society thinks it's okay, right? But then when I learn about emotional intelligence, which what is emotional intelligence? It's the ability to control your emotions and the ability to understand the emotions of those around you, right? And then act upon it. So, so 
life is like I said, it's about experiences and how you can relate to those experiences. So anybody could have a horrible life or anybody could have a bad life. I'm not saying bad things don't happen, but I'm saying it's all about how you relate to that. You know, something bad happened, you can be depressed and like live years on with that. Oh man, my life sucks or, you know, this and this and this. Or and that's where emotional intelligence and the ability to control your emotions come in. Yes. Or you can analyze those, you know, bad things that happen in life and, you know, see it as a learning curve, be positive about it. What can I learn from this? So I'm saying that ever since I learned about emotional intelligence, I don't have bad days. I don't have bad, you know, weeks, things like that. Yes, we all have bad moments, but those bad moments are very temporary. You quickly see a bigger picture, right? You quickly control that bad emotion. You don't let it define you, mm. right? So there's people who, you know, they could be like millionaires, have what other people would dream of life, and they could be depressed because they don't control their emotions on the right way, right? Mm-hmm. And there's people that we see that have nothing physically or, or all the other things that were like, oh, I would never want that person's life. But they're very happy, you know, they're satisfied with what they have. So yeah, definitely gratitude, be satisfied with what you have, you know, because if you're always thinking, even though we talked about, you know, pursuing goals and dreams, but not, but don't be unhappy with the, the current life you have right now. Yeah, right? I think that's a key you're, point. Mm. Yeah, you're never going to have the motivation to pursue those dreams. Exactly. Be, have gratitude, right? Be happy with what you have right now. See the good things in your life, right? Because if you're looking, oh, I don't have this, I don't have this, I don't have this, you're going to be sad. You're not going to be motivated to pursue. But you're like, look what I have. Look what I am. Look, you know, what I'm talking about everything, right? Family or, or whatever you do have. Not not material things, but unmaterial, which are even more important. Uh, but yeah, be grateful for what you have. Be motivated to pursue something else, right? You know, so that's where emotional intelligence are. When you control your emotions, when you control your feelings, and then you're higher likely to be motivated, you're higher likely to achieve anything you want to achieve. And this is key statistics in, in business worlds that there a lot of people know about IQ, which is intelligence, but mm-hmm. emotional intelligence is EQ. Mm-hmm. And they saw that, you know, the higher performing CEOs uh, they had a higher EQ, emotional intelligence, than than the others. So it's not about you know just being more intelligent, but being able to control your emotions. So they saw that successful people had higher emotional intelligence than you know other people. So so that's how big it is. They achieve whatever their goal is, right? If they're a CEO of a great company, or if this you know this athlete. Right. These football players, these, you know, uh, sport players or if they're these travelers, whatever they are. But usually the successful people have great levels of emotional intelligence because it's that you're satisfied with your life. You're self-motivated. You don't need somebody else, an external factor to talk about it. You're self-motivated in your life and you're pursuing that. You're motivated to pursue your dreams and goals and you never stop. And, And that helps so much in traveling. Mm. Because once you're motivated like that, you know, whatever your goal is, I, I'm a, I love traveling. And what I said before, traveling is one of the few experiences, right, and that, that, that changes so much about us, right? The more we learn, the more we leave our comfort zone and we go to a different culture, we do go to a different co- country, the more I travel, I think I, I, I learn so much about me and, and, you know, increase my emotional intelligence, increase how I'm able to control my emotions, how I'm able to monetize, how I'm able to make more money because of traveling, because you learn so much about yourself. So I think traveling is essential for everybody. Just leaving your comfort zone, you know, being able to experience something different than what you're used to, because you're never going to learn, right? And what, what are you learning if you're just speaking to yourself? But by the time you like speak to others and you learn from others, you learn that you grow, right? So that's what traveling is. It's a way for you to grow. So I think about, you know, emotional intelligence and traveling are very connected. Yeah. No, it's just such a beautiful answer. And it, it's funny because when you were talking about that, I was just thinking about some of the things that I've experienced when traveling as well. Um, and how literally, you know, so I'm sure you can relate as well. Sometimes you go traveling for a nice time by definition, but there could be a, a rough few days or a rough week where just things are not going to plan for any number of reasons, right? You could get, mm-hmm. I don't know, you yes. could be running low on money. <laughs> you could be finding that you, you know, you happen to chance upon a dangerous area and you, you know, you're there for a few days, you know, you, you're the, you could have a lockdown, which happened to me a year ago in Colombia. I was stranded there. 
and it really makes you to you know think on your on your feet and and then you're suddenly there outside of your comfort zone with new people new culture it's it forces you to grow by definition i mean if you think about weightlifting the only reasons you know yeah. the reason that your muscles grow is is because you're putting them under strain they're not in their comfort zone you take them out of their comfort zone and that's when they respond and they grow and just that's like you summarized definition yeah and just like you summarized you know when it comes to, to personal growth through traveling um i couldn't agree more it, it's not just going sitting on the beach you know, having cocktails by the bar, I, I use that line in, in my opening sort of introduction of, of, of this podcast, because there's nothing wrong with doing those things. We all know people that have gone to the all-inclusive, stayed there for a couple of weeks and so on. Um, and it has got its time and place, but really, you don't really grow like that. You you grow by challenging yourself um, and moving yourself out of your of your comfort zone and gaining that emotional intelligence, like you said. But I know you've got a, a lot of expertise on, on those things. So uh, maybe you know, I'd love to have you back, um, another time, uh, to, to maybe sort of delve into those topics more, more specifically and, you know, in more depth, because I think, uh, the audience can learn a lot from what you have to say, uh, on, on those things. Yes, Nate. Um, that, that I would, that would be an immense privilege. I loved our talk that we had today. It would be immense privilege to come back. I always love speaking with you and sharing that, sharing, you know, our goals, and I hope that your listeners can can take something within this. And and yes, I would love to come back and uh, we can talk some more about uh, different interests. Love it. Well, Zilio, it's been an absolute uh, privilege to have you on, man. I've, I've learned a lot. I've really, really enjoyed this conversation. And uh, it's just brought back so many memories to my mind as well. You know, times when I felt that I came back stronger and, you know, I'd, I'd grown as a person and uh really enjoyed that conversation it was all encompassing and hopefully it's helped a lot of people uh you know pursue their dreams and so on well my guest today was zilio Freire, originally from fortaleza brazil who now spends much of his time in california usa hopefully zilio's experience has given you the confidence that you need to start investing or by finding a means of building a passive income to fund your future dreams and travels if you've enjoyed today's episode, please do share with a family member or friend who you think would get something out of it. My name is Nate Ralph, and you've been listening to another episode of The Inquisitive Tourist. <laughs>